I tend to think that the yogic path and the Buddhist path seem to lead to a similar goal, or they, they use different terminology and they use a different approach. The Buddhist path is to make use of our six, five senses and look at them until you get sick of them and then you drop them and you get there. The yogic path is different. They completely ignore the five senses and they go on to this to experience the not-self, the dissolution of the self. Yes. What you just said, is it related to this kind of... Because in some tradition, they don't talk about dukkha. Say, like, enjoy life, realize that life is abundant and all this. Is it part of...? No, no, it's no. different. Okay. If I understand well, Bhante Dhamma includes Sankaras, so all what is constructed, plus the laws, the niyamas. The laws, yeah, the niyamas. Plus nibbana. Yes. That's it? Yes. If I understand well, can realize impermanence and Suffering. dukkha mm. in Sankaras and non-self for the remaining, so the laws and nibbana. Yeah, realize. Understanding, uh, not self. What you just said is like the one who is fully enlightened has realized that all the dhammas are not self, but the lower attain attainments like sotapanna and everything has all only works on the sankara level. No. No, no, I didn't say that. Okay. No. No, he was trying to say. Jasper was trying to say that the reason why we have to see anatta ultimately, not just anicca or dukkha, is because nibbana is anatta. In order to realize nibbana, you have to realize anatta. Okay. It's like the key to open the door. Yeah, but then I was saying that, well, even in the three suttas that talk about liberation, there is referring to the liberation of an arahant. But then, even the lower areas, the Sotapan, Sagadagami, and Anagami, they also have a glimpse of Nibbana. Although they don't understand Anatta. They understand, I, I suppose they understand everything, but their understanding is not deep enough okay. to completely realize Nibbana. Okay. Okay. Another question is, in the Sutta, the Buddha says, that the other sect is empty of arahant. Yeah, yeah. What you just said seems to be a bit uh, in contradiction yeah, with yeah. that, right? Yes. I also believe that <laughs> not only... Pandey, <laughs> you just mentioned just now, Sotabanya, Sotagami and Anagami, they do not fully understand Anada. They don't fully understand Nichaduka Anata. They fully understand yeah. part of it. So uh, maybe you could say, in Sotapan one quarter, the uh, Sagatagami half, and then the Anagami three quarters, three quarters and then yes, <laughs> the yeah. Arahant full. Okay, then comes my question, because uh, Anatta means non-self, yeah. not self, and the first factor that Sotapanya removed ah. is Sakayaditi, that's the self-view yeah. of self. View, view, yes. The view yeah. of self, yeah, yeah. that means... Stream enter already removed the facts factor. That no, mean they understand. No, no, they they only remove the view. The view that there is a permanent, unchanging self, but the sense of self is still there oh. until they become arahant. Yeah. 
He only remove the view of yeah, self. Yeah, yeah, not the view. really see that there is no self. I mean, they see and they remove the view, but their seeing is not complete. So that's why they still have conceit. If there's no more sense of self, there won't be any conceit. Because conceit is comparing yourself to others. That's also with the simile of having a, a flower with the petals. You right. have all the different petals, but they, it still feels as a flower. Or no, the sutta, it, it, right? It's yeah, yeah, that's the sutta. Kemaka sutta. Is it the story where the monk was sick and then some elders sent uh, some people to ask him how he was getting on and he said that he was not feeling well and his painful feelings were getting worse than before. So then they went back and reported to the terrace, and then the elders asked and see whether he saw whether the five khandas were himself, as mine, me, or myself. And then he said, no, I don't see the, the, the five khandas as mine, oh, yeah. me, or myself. And then he went back in the terrace, and then they went back and forth, back and forth, and then finally said, okay, I might as well go and see the terrace and explain. He said that although he doesn't see that any of the five khandas uh, mine or me or myself but he sees that there's a sense of self in the five khandas as a whole not in each of the aggregates <laughs> and then he gave the example he said there are two examples one is of the flower and one is of the smelly clothes you see the flower when you have a flower a fragrant flower where does the fragrance come from does it come from the petals or from the filament or from the stamen or it comes from the whole flower and then he still talks about a piece of cloth which is dirty and smelly. We send it to the laundry. And then the laundry in those days, they would use kaudang to clean their clothes. <laughs> they used to clean the clothes and then the clothes are, are clean, but then there's a smell there. How do you get rid of the smell? You have to put it into a, a certain casket of uh, fragrant things so that eventually the fragrance of those scents will permeate into the cloth and get rid of the best smell. So it says it's the same. Although, although I'm not a Arahan, I do not see each of the five aggregates as mine, me, or myself. But then there's still a sense of I am with regard to the five aggregates as a whole. So as he was explaining this to the Teras, all of them became Arahans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> while he was speaking and while they were listening. Mm -hmm. That's Kemaka Sutta. He also. So the speaker as well as the listener all became Arahans. <laughs> but uh, I have one question about this Sampajana because I'm trying to get out of the intellectual <laughs> habit and more into the actual insight. So I'm trying to set an intention in the morning to see Sampajana. Could you give a good example of such an intention? No, it's just simple, you know, you just early in the morning before you start the day, okay, you just make a resolution in the mind, or just schedule the mind, when the mind becomes composed, then let the mind see or verify cause and conditioning. I can tell you one yogi who did that. We were hiking in Cameron Highlands. One of the yogis made this resolution early in the morning before we started our hike. And the whole day, she was chanting Sukino and Arahan or whatever, and doing open awareness while she was hiking. And every time there is a, any thought arose, she will see the cause and conditioning. 
And the pop is gone and then it's back to chanting or back to open awareness. And another thought will come and then she will see the cause and conditioning automatically without analyzing. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> but is there any way to strengthen this intention, the resolution? No, all you need to do is to keep on practicing. But if you really feel the intention, for example, if you really try to or repeat it or... Then you might even try. Then you try too hard. <laughs> uh, trying too hard. Okay. Actually, you, you, you will come naturally. Okay. If your sampajanya is uh, matured enough, you will come naturally. In fact, you will come so much that you f you wish that you didn't see it that much because <laughs> it becomes then you see dukkha, oppressed by continuous cause and conditioning and effect. Okay. That was what happened to one yogi in a recent retreat. He was so despair, full of despair. Dukanyana, so, sir. Uh, yeah, he cannot see, uh, you know, cannot no stop to all these comments and judgments that keep on. Every time you come into contact with this, you know, this ultimately comes. There's no way you can stop it. Okay, thank you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listeners. Bhante, there's one sutta, um, I don't know where it comes from, where the Buddha advice Ananda, he, he tells him, Ananda never cease practicing because only by practice your doubt will go away. Uh, neither by debating or discussion or reflection, or I don't know the others, uh, will your doubt will go away only by practice. Is that? Yeah. I don't know. Can't, I don't no. remember reading the, the sutta. Okay. Our infant has got a question. Abante, uh, I would like to ask a question regarding regression. Just recently, I came across a person. Uh, regarding what? A regression. Regression. Yeah. A person claimed that he can perform regression, a Hindu. Do you think that this type of claim, can it be trusted? Oh, you mean past life regression or just regression to childhood? Both. Both. Apparently, he can do past life as well. Last time also, we invited one lady, past life regression therapist, to come here to conduct regression for all of us, including your monks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for, for some people, uh, but not always, for, for not all. It's like external study. The psychotherapist is reminding you and telling you to go to uh, settle your mind to a composed state. And then, like I was telling you, asking the mind, where's the root cause of this problem? That's all. And then you will get there. The surprising thing is that some of these people, they have this dysfunctional behavior or phobia or whatever. And even some, they have cancer and some diseases which they cannot cure through any conventional means. Finally, their last resort was to go and see this past life therapist. And when they regressed, they just asked the question, what's the root cause of your problem? And then they just hypnotized that person into a state of samadhi. And then that person would find himself or herself living in a past life and speaking in a, in a strange way according to their personality and relieving that traumatic experience they had in the past. And then the hypnotist will then tell them, okay, there was a past conditioning and that was already gone and now things are different. You should see it and let it go. Mm. And after that, when they awake, they can still remember that 
and then their ailments and their suffering all resolve. Whether or not it's true is not important. The important thing is that you resolve your issue. <laughs> because you can never prove whether it really happened or not. But anyway, what happened is that they, they cured themselves. You're pragmatic. On the cause of dukkha, just how mentioned is the craving, but is it craving or attachment? Same, these are all different forms of craving. Craving, attachment, clinging, desire. It's the same thing. Yeah, all, all same. But I think there are also some problems maybe attached to a certain kind of view, right? Yeah, 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 of course. Attached to view, there's also clinging, right? Clinging not only, not craving only for sense pleasures, but craving and clinging to views, ideas, expectations, hopes. All these are all causes of suffering. That is... Upadana, right? Upadana is clinging. Clinging. Yeah, yeah. No. Clinging. Tanha is craving for something which you haven't got. Clinging is once you get it, you don't let go. Uh, Bhante, there is something that is called relational mindfulness. It's when you, for example, you're two person and you're describing. One person is only listening and one person is only is like saying, okay, now I'm hearing this sound and... Now I'm feeling this on my body. And actually, I performed this before. And it's uh, because somebody is listening, so it forces your attention. It's very powerful in terms of, of sati. And I was wondering if you recommend or if you sometimes practice it. Well, I don't understand how it works. You're two people. Okay. One is only listening. Listening. Yeah, listening okay. and sometimes trying to... So one is only listening and the other one is describing what, what is, is experiencing. Okay. So it's like now I'm aware of my hands and I feel a bit like a vibration in my hands. And the other one is just listening and maybe sometime trying to also feel the same. Like, oh. uh, but it's not important if the other person feels the same or not. The other person is just like the receiver. Yeah, yeah. And so it's quite powerful because uh, because you know you're talking with somebody, you cannot uh, indulge too much in your thinking. Oh, I see. And I mean. then if if you trying if you begin to say, okay, now I'm thinking about this and this, then the other person can interrupt and say, okay, you're thinking that. What does it make into your body? Like what? In, so oh, you're bringing back course, to the course, yeah. five senses. So it's it's a bit like uh, open awareness, but with two people. Oh, is it? yeah. It's quite interesting, actually. Okay. Don't want to share. Okay, enough for the night. Let's do a chanting. <laughs> 